I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's the sound of the horn. Welcome to an all-new Clipsmas Clippers Christmas Clipcast. Hey, I'm calling this one Merry Bloody Clipsmas because stop the music, stop the music. Woof, scary stuff in the Mile High City tonight. Yikes! Kawhi Leonard. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Kawild. That's Chris Wild. Kawild, short for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, your Los Angeles Clippers superstar, your two-time NBA Finals MVP, your champion. Kawhi Leonard took a shot tonight. It was scary, scary stuff. Now, if I had to pick one guy to elbow Kawhi Leonard in the face and make him bleed, I mean, he was a bloody mess on the floor. Let me let me paint a picture. Serge Ibaka goes up to get a rebound, inadvertently elbows his best basketball buddy, Kawhi Leonard, in the cheek. What I think happened was, I mean, it was so scary when it happened. Surge goes up, elbow, shot to the dome. Kawhi literally just looks in the replay to be knocked out. Now, now he's not knocked out cold, like down for the count. It's not a 10 count. But he, he literally knocked out and blood everywhere. What, what likely happened was Serge Ibaka's elbow clocks Kawhi on the way up in the cheek. The cheek hits Kawhi's teeth. And there's just blood everywhere. Now, clearly, if you've listened to the show before, you know I, Chris Wilde, have suffered a head injury. I did suffer a head injury. I needed 18 stitches. I flew into a wall as an 11-year-old boy, knocked out cold, and I was just fine eventually. But I had to get 18 stitches, and there was blood everywhere. It was a bloody mess. And it was a bloody mess in Denver tonight at the once Pepsi Center, which I'm told is now called the Ball Arena? That that can't be true. Burbank Hank sent me a text that said they renamed it. This has got to be a joke, right? That they renamed the Pepsi Center in Denver to the Ball Arena, which means we're one step closer to getting the Ball Sack, a.k.a. the Balmer Sports Access Center, a reality. Because if a Ball Arena exists, clearly the Clippers can one day play in the beloved Inglewood ball sack. Anyway, the Clippers are undefeated under head coach Ty Lue, 2-0, best team in the NBA. The Nets are also 2-0, so hopefully this is just a precursor for a Clippers-Nets NBA Finals that the world needs. But it was a great one in Denver other than the bloody mess. Kawhi, look, everybody in the know, all these super jocks, all these professional basketball players – of previous yesteryear who are commentating, who are even coaching. Ty Lue himself said he's going to be fine. He got up on his own accord. When you get a headshot, it the head bleeds. I think it was in his mouth. My buddy, now what does he know? Because he's the one who told me 
Andre Iguodala was coming, <laughs> but that's for another podcast. But he said it looked to him like Kawhi could have bit off part of his tongue. Kawhi Leonard does not wear a mouth guard. Should he in the future? Will he in the future? Or will Kawhi be like, nah, I'm tough. Don McClain got on the postgame show and said, I got two fake teeth. I got my teeth knocked out playing NBA basketball. It happens. It was a bloody mess. It was terrifying. Also, what was terrifying was experiencing the game if you're a Denver Nuggets fan because they were completely humiliated, embarrassed at home. It was wonderful. The Clippers have started phenomenally after, I mean, did they really stub their toe preseason going 0-3? I don't think so. Those games don't count. Clippers kind of flying under the radar still right now, but they're getting the national limelight. Every game has been on TNT or ESPN. Of course, they're our Clipper Nation darlings, but they're getting that national love. I've said many, many times that actually outside Los Angeles, people really do like the Clippers. Inside Los Angeles, though, there's that mentality of the dreaded L-word fan, and the local stations just loathe us. But whatever, because the L.A. Clipper Nation fans are the best. And then, of course, globally, I love all the members of Clipper Nation. That's right, Clipper Nation. Burbank Hank not here tonight, so we're not going to say Clippers Nation. We're not going to toot any proverbial horns being undefeated under head coach Ty Lue. But I love all the members of global Clipper Nation. I love every Clipper fan, with the exception of Lucas Hahn. So here's the thing, folks. When I started the show many, many years ago, this is the longest-running Clippers podcast in the history of all time. We're in our ninth season. We started the show back in 2012. My co-host then was Mike the Jaguar Jaglin, who was arguably the most superstitious sports fan I've ever met in all of my days. So kind of borrowing from that superstition, I've tried many things to get the Clippers over the hump and to get them in the final four. Just get me to the final four. Yes, of course, we want the finals. We want to be the Western Conference champs. We want to be the NBA champs. We want to be the world champs. But I'm just trying to get us to the final four. So I'm borrowing some of Jag's superstitious superstition. And I've tried many things. Jack's gone. And now I do the show with my best friend, Burbank Hank. I thought maybe that would work. And then look what happens. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Holy cow, what a great season. The two seed, the best seed in Clipper history. Oh my gosh, did it work? Did it actually work? And then we make it to the final five. We were one of the five remaining NBA teams. And then we know what happened versus those Denver Nuggets who we creamed last night in the Mile High City. So now we're doing something new. We're rubbing on Chris Wilde's crystal ball, okay? And we're trying something new, and that is we clipcast after every W. Now it's Christmas. It's Clipsmas, as you know. Ho, ho, ho. I hope you guys had a great Christmas. I hope you guys got all the Christmas gifts that were on your wish list. I hope you woke up and... Underneath your tree was like that sweet city edition jersey that you wanted, you know, designed by some graffiti artist named like Romeo Clown. I don't know what his name is off the top of my head. I'm sorry. And we're going to talk basketball. Well, we are talking Clippers basketball. 
But we're trying something right now where we clipcast after every single W. Now, look, I'm going to I'm going to toot my own horn without actually tooting it cuz Burbank Hank's not here with his acapella falsetto toot toots. Ever since clipcast started, the Clippers have never had a losing season. Let's knock uh, knock on all the wood available. Knock on James Wood's face if it's available to you. Knock on wood. We started Clipcast. We have never looked back. We have been a winning basketball organization for all nine glorious seasons of Clipcast. Okay, and and so you know maybe Clipcast is a bit of a good legend. Maybe I don't know. Maybe 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 I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But. I do know that we had a lot of losing seasons before I started this podcast. And I do know that this is the longest-running Clippers podcast in the history of all time. And as long as this show has been going, we have been a winning basketball organization, which means a lot to those old-school fans. And here's a shout-out to all those old-school fans who have listened to every episode, every season. God bless you. And then, of course, welcome to all the new members on the Clippers bandwagon. There's plenty of room on the Clippers ship for you new fans who love Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And let's talk about those guys. Kawhi Leonard's such a scary thing. I think he plays Sunday. Maybe he misses Sunday. And then Tuesday is the first night of a back-to-back. So, look, we're not going to see him Tuesday and Wednesday, regardless if he doesn't get knocked out by his best basketball buddy, Serge Ibaka. I'm going to remind you once again, we all know about the What It Do, Baby, Kawhi Leonard video, where Kawhi Leonard just says, what it do, baby? Serge Ibaka took that video. They were in the back of a car together. They're best basketball buddies. That's something. So if I had to spoon pick, is that a thing? I don't know. If I had to, on a silver platter, deliver someone to knock Kawhi Leonard to the ground and make him a bloody mess on glorious Merry Clipsmas. Merry bloody Clipsmas, mate. I'm glad it was his best buddy. I, I honestly think... Paul George does that, and then all of a sudden, all the Paul George haters come out of the woodwork. What does he do other than, you know, win you games? Let's talk about Paul George real quick before I put a feather in the cap of this Kawhi Leonard thought. We didn't have Paul George at the start of last season. And I think looking at what I'm seeing from Paul George this season, we have a healthy Paul George all last season, even with the nuttiness COVID shutdown. I think we're one seed. It's a testament to this team that we were the two seed. And yes, uh, the Clipper curse. <sighs> Screw the Clipper curse. There's no such thing. Superstitious idiots. It's not you. It's not you, the fan watching. Oh, but I'm sitting on my lucky pillow wearing my mismatched socks, so we're guaranteed to win. That's. It's not nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the Clippers players and their coach. Okay, we got a new coach. He's undefeated. He's got a photographic memory, sharp as attack. The guy doesn't even need to watch game tape and analyze it and study it because he is such a beautiful mind-like, stable genius, brilliant mind for basketball that he watches and sees everything and remembers it to the letter, to the minute, to the play. That's our guy. That's our head coach. This head coach, P.S., Three for three conference champions when he was head coach over there in Cleveland. He's head coached. This is his fourth season as a head coach. His previous three seasons as head coach, he goes to the finals every year. 
Who is he to break that streak? He won't. He's going to the finals. We're going to get there. We're going to get to the promised land. And if you are superstitious, you're going to say, well, you guys at Clipcast were really onto something. Only Clipcasting after W's. Dropping Jag. Letting Chris Wilde Clipcast solo. This is the, I think this is the first solo Clipcast I've done in the Burbank Hank era. Oh, wow, wow, we wow. I mean, is that true? I don't know. You guys, any any of you have Ty Lu like photographic memories? You can tweet me at Chris Wildest or at LA Clipcast and tell me. I think this is the first solo Clipcast I've done in the Burbank Hank era. I hope you guys are enjoying the Burbank era. I think the show is, you know, honestly, I've always thought the show was the most entertaining Clippers podcast by far. I also think it's the most entertaining NBA podcast, but I have a healthy ego. But I, I, you know, I did most of the heavy lifting when it came to entertainment in the early years. And Jag was like the stats stutterer. And then he left because, you know, I called a competitor boring. <laughs> and so he leaves. And then Burbank Hank comes in, and I think the entertainment value of the show skyrockets. And it's far more listenable. And it's far more entertaining. And there's certainly far more laughs. If you want stats... You go and look at the stats. Let's take a look at the stats. Last night in that beautiful blowout W in the Mile High City where Kawhi has this scary, bloody moment, we've got five guys in double digits, which, you know, that magic number for me is six. If we get six guys in double digits, it's a guaranteed W. But we've got a couple of guys just right there knocking on the ceiling of double digits and Lou Williams by the way has eight points he doesn't get double digits Luke Kennard impressed me a little bit more in game two I still want more from Dookie Lukey I want more from him he has not given me what I need yet but there were signs last night he made half of his threes two for four that I loved he had eight points Lou Williams had eight points, same thing, half of his threes. But then let's talk about our double-digit guys. Our best game from Nicholas Batum we've ever seen. Granted, we've only seen, you know, two games. But apparently it's his first double-double in two years. He didn't get a double-double at all with Charlotte. He got one two years ago with Portland. So he's got a double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Excellent effort tonight by Nicholas Batum. You got to give your... H-D-P-O-G, Henry Dittman player of the game, to Kawhi Leonard, honestly, just for surviving Serge Ibaka, trying to murder him with the deadly head blow. My God, finish him! Jesus, that was terrifying when that happened. But Kawhi Leonard, 21 points, fantastic game, and then got knocked out and literally had to bow out for the last like six, seven minutes of the game, obviously. Paul George, another phenomenal night for him, 23 points. You know, people are already talking about MVP, which I love. We're that much closer to my coveted 72-0, and which I've never called before until this season. <laughs> We're going to get to that 72-0. and You can't be a 72-0 and basketball team without going 2-0. and So 23 from Paul George. He led your Clippers tonight. 21 for my Hank Dittman player of the game, Kawhi Leonard, for surviving Serge Ibaka's brutal attack to his cheek. I think it was a cheek shot by the elbow. Not a cheap shot. Very different thing. It was an honest mistake. 15 points for Serge, who is so impressive. Exponentially better than Montrez Harrell, by the way. Montrez Harrell, like, it's weird for me to hate on him because I loved him for so long. And a tip of the cap to Doc Rivers. I've said this before on the show. I'll say it again right now. He's a star maker. He came in and he made DeAndre Jordan a superstar. He really did. The first thing that 
Doc Rivers said to the media, I was there on press day. It was my first ever press day uh, seven, eight years ago. Doc Rivers comes out. And he talks about the big three. Okay, and you're like, oh, big three. Blake Griffin, sure, we know him. Chris Paul, CP3. Oh, is he talking about the big three? The big Chris Paul three? The big three for us. You're DeAndre. And the first player he names by name ever as the Clippers head coach many, many moons ago during that Doc River era, yes, the same guy who dropped one Three. He was up 3-1 and dropped it twice with the Clippers. Yes, he did it three times. By the way, Ty Lue was down 1-3 in the finals and won it all. So, you know, upgrade. But regardless, Doc Rivers mentions DeAndre Jordan by name, the first player ever, and makes a star out of DeAndre. DeAndre was not a star until Doc Rivers made him a star. Montrez Harrell comes over from Houston in that shift, that monumental shift to send CP3 there, we get Pat Beverly, Lou Williams, and Montrez Harrell, which in hindsight was worth it. But Montrez Harrell was not a star in Houston. And Doc Rivers makes him a star, makes him sixth man of the year. And then we get rid of Doc Rivers and we get rid of Montrez Harrell. Why? Because they sucked in the bubble and they cost us everything. Doc Rivers was a horrible coach in the bubble. Montrez Harrell was horrible in the bubble. And then we saw him last Two games ago, game one, you know, and Clippers had a 10-point lead. Montrez takes the floor for the L word, and then the Clippers' lead explodes to 20. Montrez Harrell, the shortcomings are so glaring now that he's not on the team. And maybe to you more keen, savvy basketball minds, maybe you saw the shortcomings, but I sure didn't. I had my Clipper blinders on, and I just loved the energy that he brought. But now that you see Serge Ibaka... A center who can spread the floor, who can make threes. Oh, my gosh, can he make threes. How many did he have? Well, he was perfect from three-point land last night in Denver. Two for two with his 15 points. Let's continue on our double-digit marathon of our five guys in double digits. Nicholas Batum, like I said, double-double, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Okay, so we've got Kawhi, Paul George, Abaka, Batum in double digits. And then what about this guy? He went from the starting center to the backup center, and he's been phenomenal in that role. Ivica Zubac, 12 points, 19 minutes. The guy is doing so well in his new role as basically energy guy off the bench, right? And now it's it's Lou DeZoo for two, which we've seen many times in the two games that we've seen. Up next Sunday afternoon versus Luka Doncic. Just hate Luka Doncic. Yes, I do. Okay, yeah, all right. He's he's very good at basketball, but I don't understand why they put him on this pedestal and treat him like Michael LeBron, James Jordan, because he's not that. And maybe one day he will be a Larry Bird-like guy, but he's not there now. There's a lot of I, – I wanted to talk about this last time with Burbank Hank, but I couldn't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> That's not true. But when you talk about Clippers basketball with your best pal and you get fired up and you talk Clipper hoops, sometimes you forget about what you want to say because you're just so excited to talk about Clippers and your buddy, you know, steers you in another direction, which was great. We're both improvisers and we improvise the show. He's definitely more prepared than I am. He brings notes and he's – He tries to bring a little more stats than I do, certainly. I do no preparation, as you can tell by listening to this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But I wanted to talk about sports journalism because it was kind of a story in the Clipper nerd world that Jovan Buha. I believe it's Jovan, P.S., with a hard J, <laughs> with a hard J. Speaking of J, let's get, let's light it up on Christmas. Anyway, but I think, so So Jovan Buha goes from covering the Clippers to covering the Lakers. Okay, Ugh, I just said it, yikes, let's edit that out. So he goes from covering the Clippers to covering the L word, and like, people are supposed to care? I don't know. So I know for a while they were trying to breed Jovan into maybe being like an on-air personality, possibly. He was doing pre- and post-game shows. They were showing him more. He was wearing suits and stuff and crisp kicks. But now he's over at the L Word, so is that like, you know, him? Did he make it? I, I don't know. Regardless, Jovan, who I liked, I still like, he's very tall, he is got he's got a nice head of hair. He's always got the crisp kicks. He's very nice. He's very affable in person. But man alive, if he didn't every single season write an article, sports journalism. You can't see the air quotes. Sports journalism about Clipper chemistry issues. Clipper locker room chemistry issues. Wrote about it last season. This season starts. And he writes about it again just as he's on the way out the door. We're not even let in the locker room anymore. And he's talking about, I obviously didn't read it because I thought it was just clickbait and I stand by that. But is he ta- was he talking about last season or this season? Like really already? There? I mean, so look, I think sports journalism, a journalist to me is someone who, tries to tell you important news of the day, news that matters. A journalist breaks a story that matters. At the end of the day, sports is entertainment. So a sports journalist is a lot like Mary Hart on Entertainment Tonight or the kid from Saved by the Bell on Extra or wherever he works now. Like the lead singer of Sugar Ray. Doesn't he work on Access Hollywood or something? Like like, like Mary Hart, the Dodgers fan. Someone who works on Entertainment Tonight is an entertainment journalist, air quote. Look, at the end of the day, it's, an, it's entertainment. It's all entertainment. It is fluff. So a sports journalist, with all due respect to, to people that I love, like Andrew Greif and Dan Weike and Farbod, insert Farbod's last name here, love these guys. But at the end of the day, this is entertainment. This is fluff. This is not like we have to wear a face mask because a three-pointer is going to infect our lungs. Okay? (laughs) Ripped from today's headlines. This is something to entertain us while we have to wear these face masks because something will infect our lungs. Like Like The real news is, oh, we're not allowed in the gyms because there's a disease traveling through the air. Merry Christmas. <laughs> but still, does it matter? Yeah, of course, to us Clipper 
yahoos, everything that happens every moment to any clipper matters. Like when Pat Beverly saw me and my son holding our surfboards at the beach and he took his motorcycle helmet off and it was Pat Beverly, we freaked out. We freaked out and I told you about it. And maybe we'll, we'll regale you with that story again. But that, yeah, that matters to us, but it's not news. It's not journalism. And again, so this, this Clipcast, Clippers podcast, this longest running Clippers podcast is an entertainment show meant to entertain the Clipper fans, which is short for Los Angeles Clippers fanatics, okay? You're fanatical about your LA Clippers. Most of you likely listen to most of the Clippers podcasts. If I had to rate what was the second best Clippers podcast? I honestly don't listen to any of them. Every now and again, I'll listen to Lockdown because I do like those guys. And those guys are friends, and they are entertaining each other and the listener. And they're batting back and forth some funny ideas about the Clippers, and they're having fun, and they're doing bits. I like that show. I don't listen to it a lot. But if I do listen to it, I enjoy it. I, I've, maybe Should I listen to Hoop Ball? There's one called Hoop Ball. Jovan's gone, so his show's up for grabs. Clip City's dead, right? Because is he going to do Lake City now? All I know is I am waiting patiently for Jovan Buha to release an article that says Laker locker room chemistry issues. Because you know he does it every year. He does it every year to get the clicks. Does he need the clicks because he's working for the L word? I don't know. We're going to find out. Somebody's going to tell me, hey, here comes that article you were waiting for. So personally, with all due respect to the great JB, Joe Von Buha, I am happy that he is not here anymore to give us that article that we hate to see because that article actually affected me and my job as a Clipper entertainer, not a sports journalist, but a sports entertainer, a specific Clipper entertainer, the guy who's actually been doing it the longest, as it turns out, because everyone else has left or died or gone or quit. You know, like literally, I mean, now the longest tenured person in the media room. I'm not even making this up. So I have to go into the locker room and now get iced by everyone because Joe Vaughn writes an article, like literally that article effed every single one of the Clippers media. And I couldn't talk about this, by the way, with the great Burbank Hank, because Burbank Hank and Jag before him, they were like these pacifist guys. They were like, let's not make waves. P.S. The clipper ship needs waves. I mean, a clipper ship in a stagnant waters with no wind. It's not going anywhere, folks. You got to fire up the motor. But a clipper ship is a multi-sailed vessel, as Hank knows more than anybody. But I'm telling you, it was horrible. It was horrible. Jovan killed that locker room because of that article. The the locker room before that article, it was a loose, fun place to be. And I, with all due respect to the Jovan Buha's gone, Montrez Harrell is gone. Those two guys messed up that locker room. Montrez Harrell, after a win, would talk to you and was okay, was cool-ish. After a loss, I didn't even, at at one point, (laughs) I just stopped going anywhere near him after a loss. And I would just try to say something nice to him just to, like, ease the dude's pain. But I knew it was, you know, it was a brick wall. It was worthless. And meanwhile, so so Montrose Harrell was kind of a head case in that locker room. Paul George, very loose. Pat Beverly and Lou Williams, like I've told you, are the bookends in the C-shaped locker room. It's Lou Will and Pat Beverly's locker room. 
the seas, in the middle of the sea, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are neighbors. Okay, so imagine a sea, and as soon as you walk in, it's Pat Beverly's locker. Loop it around. In the middle of the sea, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are neighbors, and then keep going to the edge of the sea, closest to the showers, is Lou Will. And for the longest time, it was Lou Will and Pat Beverly's locker room, and then of course, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard come to town, and everything's different. But I'm telling you, I was there in that locker room. I did not see animosity from the guys because Kawhi Leonard was getting quote-unquote special treatment. I saw Chris Paul and Blake Griffin get, honestly, more special treatment. I also saw these sports journalists bitching and moaning and complaining that they had to wait for Kawhi Leonard to do his press conference because he was getting treatment after the games. They had to wait an hour, sometimes longer, and I understand the journal, like you know, the the newspaper guys and gals have deadlines. I kind of get, although isn't it digital now? Honestly, doesn't like only like boomers with like two feet in the grave read actual newsprint and get their hands dirty, right? It's a digital age, folks. If Kawhi Leonard's not going to come to the press conference for another hour, well, then the story has to wait an hour if you want a Kawhi Leonard quote. That's just what it is. And also, again, they've never. Like, <laughs> None of these players have actually said anything interesting in a press conference ever since Allen Iverson said practice. What are we talking about practice? So, look, this is a Chris Wilde solo. Merry bloody Clipsmas Clipcast. I'm here to tell you that Kawhi Leonard is going to be fine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Take a look at, uh, you know, Jake Paul boxing Muggsy Bogues or whoever it was, Nate Robinson, right? Take a look at boxing. Can you believe Logan Paul literally signed his death warrant and wants to fight Floyd Mayweather, who, by the way, huge. I don't know if he's a Clipper fan, but he's at more Clipper games than Billy Crystal. But regardless, if you watch boxing, you know if you get a shot to the face, it's going to bleed. And these guys, those guys are wearing gloves. Serge Ibaka... Who, by the way, is my new man crush, P.S. He's got I mean, he's got male model good looks. I'm sorry, but it's true. If if Serge Ibaka elbows you without a boxing glove on his elbow going up, you're going to bleed all over the place. So it was a bloody mess. It was disgusting. It was a heavy day, and it was horrible. And I'm here to tell you Kawhi Leonard will be all right. And I think the real story here is, and even though I just went on a diatribe about how it's not journalism, it's all entertainment and fluff. So the real piece of fluff takeaway here is, will Kawhi be programmed by Steve Ballmer to wear a mouthpiece? Will they insert that into his data input upload file links? Because as we know, Kawhi Leonard is a robot programmed to win Larry OBs. He's won two Larry OBs. He has not won one yet, yet for Steve Ballmer, but he will win at least two for Steve, Uncle Steve. P.S. Happy Christmas to Uncle Steve, who, by the way, is the real life Uncle Scrooge McDuck. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> He's had the, we get him post. Luckily, we didn't get Steve Ballmer before the three spirits visited him. We get him post three spirits. Although maybe, honestly, Doc Rivers was the uh, ghost of Clippers past. 
Arguably, that's Sterling. <laughs> All right, anyway. Guys, the real takeaway here is, does Kawhi Leonard come back Sunday afternoon? I think he does. Does he wear a mouthpiece? I think he doesn't. How much of a guy is Evicha Zubats? Zubats is putting on a show in a new role as the energy center off the bench. Not only is Serge Ibaka better than Montrez Harrell, but Evicha Zubats is better than Montrez Harrell. And a lot of you, I think, were nervous about Nicholas Batum, who apparently was a bum in Charlotte, but he has been wonderful in our undefeated under Ty Lue's photographic memory freshman season, if you will, this young season, this freshman season under Ty Lue's tutelage or lutelage. Sorry for that. I think he's been great. I think he's going to continue to get better. I think Luke Kennard is going to continue to get better. And we haven't seen Mook. We haven't seen Marcus Education Reform Morris Sr. yet. And Marcus Morris Sr. has taught me a valuable lesson that I, Chris Wilde, should have named my son Chris Wilde Jr. And then this could be Clipcast starring Chris Kawild Sr., which I think would be obviously huge. That'd be a huge story in sports journalism. Who will replace Jovan Buha? I wonder. I think a doorstop could. <laughs> I think some 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 muddied sneakers instead of those crisp kicks. Again, I like Jovan. He was a nice guy. He's affable. I think, you know, that's the job, right? Is you're an entertainer as well. He's an entertainer. He needs to get clicks to get paid, to keep going, to make it to the big leagues and go down the hall. Like it or not, the the L word, sadly, is, you know, they're the most popular franchise in basketball. And I don't like it, but it's true. So their articles, sadly, get more clicks. Our articles, our podcasts, get less clicks. But the people clicking are better people, better looking, better. You, they, they shake your hand and they mean it. They look you in the eyes. You know what I mean? You ever shake an L words fan's hand? They never look you in the eyes. Nah, the lights are off. You don't even know who you're. You don't even know who you're touching. A guaranteed super spreader every time. And here's another thing I want to say about the L word before I never talk about them again for the rest of the show, and maybe the show's history, until we play them again. It's kind of embarrassing that they won this quote-unquote asterisk championship, and then not a single fan shows up for their ring ceremony. I mean, come on. Did they even have a parade? Pathetic. All right, so your Clippers, a perfect 2-0 up next Sunday afternoon versus Dallas Mavericks. I obviously like us to win that and go 3-0. And then Tuesday night versus Minnesota Timberwolves. And I am trying so desperately to be in the building and record that experience, which may be another solo cast. Because I know Burbank Hank's not going. And I don't think they would give us passes. First of all, I don't even think they're going to let me in. Certainly not after this episode. But luckily, they're not listening. I don't think they let me in. They're certainly not going to let both of us in. And I even, I, I look, I know for a fact that Burbank Hank doesn't want to go and put his family's lives in jeopardy. <laughs> He's like, there's like a lot of people on the spectrum of like COVID caution, you know? And I am a COVID cautious person. I mask up every time I leave the house. I used to wear gloves, but then, you know, we found out we don't really need to wear gloves anymore. 
But uh, I do obviously I wear the mask every time I leave the house. I I, I have a Clippers mask. I have three Clippers masks. I don't mean to get political, but I have a Biden mask which I wear with pride. How great, by the way, if you're a Los Angeles Democrat. And again, ugh, I don't even want to mention, but let's just go right to the Dodgers one and Joe Biden one. So if you're a Los Angelino Democrat, I'm not going to mention the other, the other team that may or may not have won, you know. But regardless, you're you're feeling yourself right now, and I know this has been a very difficult year, and I think brighter times are ahead. And look, Clipper Nation, we know all about dark times. We know all about 50 years of futility. So 12 months, come on, please. 12 months of being of, of hardships. Yeah. Okay. Multiply that by 50. That's what we're dealing with. When did you join Clipper Nation? My God, are any of you listening? Did you really root, root, root for the home team when they were the Buffalo Braves? That'd be a real head scratcher. Oh, sweet, sweet boomers. If you are out there listening you don't even know how to at me at LA Clipcast. I'm I'm shocked you know how to listen to a podcast if you like the Buffalo Braves back in the 70s. Bless you. God bless you and your family and your grandkids and your great grandkids. And I again I'm gonna just say this again. When the Buffalo Braves moved to San Diego to become the Clippers, this is the most head scratcheriest thing to ever happen in the NBA. And I learned this from the great Brian Seaman, I believe who is texting me during the show. And I'm going to honor the great dulcet tones of your Los Angeles Clippers and not read you his texts aloud, although every fiber of my being wants to read this conversation. (laughs) But Brian Seaman regaled me with this, my favorite bit of NBA trivia. So the owner of the Buffalo Braves, when he moved the team to San Diego to become the Clippers, this is crazy. And this could not happen in 2020 or 2021, which is only hours away at this point. The owner of the Boston Celtics knows he cannot move the storied franchise. The moat. I just died. I just puked in my mouth because it's Jimmy Buffett's birthday today. And I'm drinking Captain and Cokes (laughs) to wish Jimmy Buffett a happy birthday. That's right. On Christmas morning, we celebrate the birth of Jimmy Buffett and a star shown over Margaritaville. Anyway, so the owner of the Boston Celtics, the most storied franchise in NBA history at that time, and arguably still are, arguably, the owner of the Boston Celtics wanted to move him and his family and his job owning basketball teams, among other things, I'm sure. Back then in the 70s, who knows? He he owned dirty movies. I don't know. Anyway, what did, what did you own in the 70s? He owned a bunch of windowless van dealerships. Regardless, I don't know how he got his money. But he wanted to move his family to Southern California. I guess and retire and live out his salad years. He knows he can't move the Boston Celtics to Southern California. He literally picks up the telegraph or the old-timey phone that has like a separate earpiece And he goes, operator, operator, give me Sunshine Klondike 5. And like literally calls up the owner of the Buffalo Braves. And the owner of the Buffalo Braves and the owner of the Boston Celtics just switch teams. They just swap teams. They just switch teams, do a New England handshake. And then literally now the owner of the Boston Celtics owns the Buffalo Braves. And now the owner of the Buffalo Braves owns the Boston Celtics. One could argue that he got the better end of the deal at the time. But then the new owner of the Buffalo Braves, the guy who used to own the Boston Celtics just minutes ago and all those 
windowless vans from the dealerships that he owns, he literally moves the Buffalo Braves to San Diego, California to become the Clippers. That is crazy. That is nutty. Could you imagine if Uncle Scrooge McSteve Palmer called up Mark Cuban and was like, let's just swap teams. I want to move my team to Seattle, but nobody will let me. And nobody gives a rat's balls about the Mavericks, even though you have Luka Doncic. So I'm gonna let's just swap teams. You take the Clippers, keep them in Englewood, and I'm gonna take the Mavericks to Seattle and call them the Supersonic 2.0 Windows. It really hurts doing the Steve Ballmer impersonation. Guys, what a great season it's been. 2-0, we're that much closer to 72-0. This is our season. I hope you've enjoyed it. Our ninth season of Clipcast. This is the one. Hank Dittman, Burbank Hank. Now just, it's old hat for him being the co-host of the big, big show. And, you know, all due respect to Jack, he just texted me the other day. We're still good, good pals. Obviously, he's not my best friend. That's Burbank Hank. And I wish Jag nothing but the best. He's still a diehard Clipper fan. And actually, his first love was with the Philadelphia Eagles. And that superstitious son of a gun got himself a Super Bowl win as a crazy Eagle fan. And he would, like, text me during games and be like, tell me what's happening. I'm like, why aren't you watching? He's like, well, because when I change the channel, we go up. I'm like, when you change the channel, it doesn't affect the game, Jag. What you do in the comfort of your own home has no impact on a basketball game. Now, that being said, what Joe Von Buha does affects basketball games. When he says there's poison in the locker room, when there isn't, which, by the way, there wasn't. Because there, I, I was around the Clippers in hindsight and saw bad locker rooms and good locker rooms. I could go season by season. I was in these damn locker rooms. I can tell you. Well, this locker room sucked, and there was weird energy, and this locker room was loose and cool. And yeah, when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard got there, it wasn't as loose as when they were the eighth seed trying desperately to get the eighth seed off to the ninth seed, tenth seed, put together an improbable string of Ws, and then lost in the first round. Yeah, they were real loose back then because there was literally no expectations. So, yeah, with expectations comes a little more stress. But I'm telling you, the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin locker rooms were far more contentious than last season's locker rooms. So what my point is, and I think the whole point of this whole show is, fans, believe in your superstitions. But what you're doing at home affects them in no way. What you tweet out affects them in no way. Sports journalists, air quotes. You are entertainment fluff piece clickbait magnet makers, okay? You want the clicks so that you can get paid more, and I get it. But what you do actually affects the games. Not as much as, say, Doc Rivers' bad rotations, but it affects it. So am I happy that Jag's gone? Honestly, yes, because now my best friend co-hosts a show with me, just not tonight. (laughs) And maybe after he listens, maybe not next time. (laughs) Toot, toot. Oh, God, I did it. Am I happy Jack's going? Yeah, honestly, because Burbank Hank gets to do it. And and the goal always from the beginning was to have the three of us do it, but it just didn't work out. I don't know. Egos, not, not me, honestly. Am I happy Montrez Harrell is gone and Doc Rivers are gone? Yes. 
God, yes. Am I happy that Jovan Buha is gone? Yes. I'm very happy. Because he was poisoning the locker room. Montrezl Harrell was poisoning the locker room. Jack, you weren't poisoning the locker room. Hank, you're not poisoning the locker room. You, the listener, you're not poisoning the locker room. I love you, the listener, and I appreciate you getting this deep in the show on a merry, bloody Clipsmas. Kawhi's going to be just fine. Will he be there Sunday afternoon? I believe he will. I've always been eerily accurate about predicting when these guys come back from their injuries. So I think Kawhi is there Sunday afternoon. I think Kawhi is there Tuesday, but not Wednesday. Am I there Tuesday? I don't know. But if I am, I will bring my mic. And not my Jaglin, but my microphone. And I will record so much delicious audio. And I will publish it as soon as we get that W. And we are well on our way, friends. Two down, 70 to go. 72 and 0. And then, look, when you go into the playoffs at 72 and 0, it's literally impossible to be under the radar at that point. But 16 and 0 is just a butterfly flaps its wings in Tokyo away. <laughs> Be superstitious if you want, listener. Oh, coveted, wonderful listener. But know that it impacts nothing. But believe it in all your heart, and it's fine. It's fun. Santa Claus is real. Did you see that Santa Claus, K-L-A-W-S, video I posted thanks to the great Joey Lynn, who I think should take over Jovan Buha's job and cover the Clippers and do Jovan's old Clippers podcast? He says he's not ready. I say he is ready. Jump into the deep end, my friend. Joey Lynn is great. Every tweet he tweets gets thousands and millions in clipperies, so tens and hundreds of retweets. Well, the cow's sick. Don't worry. We can just retweet it. And retweets and likes and loves, and he's great. At Joey Lynn underscore, I think, L-I-N-N. Anyway, I know I know you already follow him. And if you're not on Twitter and you're an NBA fan, you are missing out. NBA Twitter is a godsend much like Jimmy Buffett on this glorious Clipsmith day. Well, I hope you had a merry, bloody Clipsmith Clipper Nation and know that Kawhi Leonard is just fine and we will never really know the truth because at the end of the day, this is a very close-knit, closed-lip operation the Clippers are running. There are no leaks. One time, Avicha Zubats leaked something to Farbod accidentally about like a lineup or something once. Lawrence Frank, Jerry West, tight-lipped. Ty Lu, Chauncey Billups, God bless our staff, our wonderful coaches. Ty Lu, by the way, never has known anything but the NBA Finals as a head coach. So expect it. Expect a 2021 championship birth. And we're talking about a blessed birth on this Clipsmas Day. Merry Clipsmas. Merry bloody Clipsmas. I say, boy, what day is it? It's Clipsmas, sir. <laughs> Uncle S- Uncle Steve McBalmer, Scrooge McBalmer. Hey, what day is it, boy? Yo, man, it's Clipsmas. Go to the store and buy a goose and tell Bob Cratchit Lawrence Frank I'm coming. And also tell Cuban I want to do a swapsie, a New England swapsie. Oh, guys, I'm really glad that you joined me for this absolute, wonderful unraveling of a man's conscious, of his subconscious, his psyche, his Clipper psyche. Who's been a Clipper fan more famous than me, longer than me? Okay, Billy Crystal, yeah. Clipper Daryl, okay. Right? I mean, like, literally, Chris Wilde, arguably, 
top three. Chris Cowild. All right, folks. Thanks so much. Merry Clipsmas. Great W. Great podcast solo. I had fun. I hope you did. And I really hope I'm recording on Sunday after another Clipper W versus Luca. Don't you just want to beat Luca? Don't you? We beat him round one. We sure did. With lowly Montrez Harrell putting up zero numbers, unless it was garbage minutes in a blowout. We got a better team. We're better. Our fans are better. Our Clippers podcasts are better. Sound the horn. (laughs) 